thinking about how you said you wouldn't want to be in public because you want to have like an intimate moment. And I was like, mm-hmm. damn, I want people to clap for me. I want the <laughs> restaurant to be up in arms because I got proposed to. <laughs> What up, what up, what up? Hello, how are you tonight? I feel like absolute asshole. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. <laughs> I have like three days off right now, so... That's great. I'm doing pretty well, yeah. I would also have three days off, but I picked up a shift tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good for me. Little yeah. did I know that I would feel so decrepit and spoiled <laughs> like rotten milk. <laughs> Well, you used to get, like, holiday pay, right? Do I? Do you get paid extra for working on holiday? I actually am not sure. Because in Canada, if you work on, like, a public holiday, mm-hmm. you get extra. But I don't know how it works in the U.S. I don't know either. Especially at a restaurant, I have no idea. Yeah. Well, fingers crossed, hopefully. Thank you. <laughs> so, I would say that the movie we're doing today is almost as bad as how I feel right now. Maybe worse, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> it's quite the endorsement. We're doing, it's actually pretty recent. Yeah. The 2009, it's not a classic. Not a classic. Bride Wars. Yeah. I did really love this movie when I was in middle school because mm-hmm. that's when it came out. Me and my friends watched it a lot, but oh boy. Yeah. It has not, it's like, not held up well. I remember watching it in the gym and enjoying it. And I think it was because I, was like on a treadmill so I was like half watching so I missed mm. parts of it which meant I also didn't get to see how shitty it was in its entirety right I think like visually it's nice to look at yeah has lots of good looking people mm-hmm. cool you know set. like pretty dresses yeah I love it. New York New York of course mm-hmm. um the problem is like the writing is pretty yeah because <laughs> we were looking it up and um, the two writers talked about how the movie ended up being very, very different from their original vision. Yeah. They, like, wanted it to be more satirical and, like, ridiculous. Which would have worked so much better. Yeah, it would have been so much more funny and just, you know, interesting to watch. But then I guess the studios kind of tried to turn it into something a little bit more tame and tried to just, like, shove, like, a heartwarming narrative in it that, like... Which the, like, dialogue itself didn't really lend to, like, none of it, except for the moment at the end. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about, but there isn't a ton of moments where I'm like, wow, this is, like, actually really heartwarming. They could Mm -hmm. have had the same strong friendship, but made it, like, actually comedic. So it has a genre. It has, like, something Mm -hmm. to hold on to because the movie was, like, all over the place. I think they needed to, like, lean more into the humor and make it a little bit more outlandish. Like, I was telling Mo right before we started recording this that I watched Bride Wars, or not Bride Wars, (laughs) I watched Bridesmaids last night for the first time in a really long time. And that isn't my favorite, like, movie. Mm -hmm. But I think at least the comedy is just better. Yeah. And it takes, like, more risks. Either it has to be a comedy or it's just, like, three people die and it's, like, absolutely tragic. Because no, that's not normal. (laughs) Yeah. Although I do enjoy wedding content. Like, I'm not a very romantic person, but I do like wedding content. Like, I really like watching Say Yes to the Dress. Mm -hmm. Um, Four weddings. 
Oh, yeah. I do like watching four weddings. I think because, like, the brides are just ridiculous. It's like the tackiest show. Yeah, 100%. But I do enjoy it. We got so sidetracked when we were originally talking about Bride Wars that we were, like, doing research on (laughs) wedding venues. Yeah, Mo and I deadass started planning our weddings while we were, like, putting together all of our notes for this episode. Because I'm not... Well, now I'm, like, a little bit, like, trigger happy because I have a boyfriend. But, like, before then I never, like, gave a single fuck about my wedding. And now I'm like, why don't I just, like, look at what the botanical garden is like? Why don't I just, like, look Mm -hmm. at what the Brooklyn Botanical Garden atrium uh, costs? Like, why not know that it can hold 250 people (laughs) as opposed to the other on-site venue that only holds 150 people? Yeah, and that you can only get married between the hours of 9 a.m. and 10 (laughs) a.m. Yes, exactly. Although I think that's, like, the more public ceremony where you're, like, not Mm. using their venue. You're kind of just, like, you're, like, in and out. Mm. But... All I'm like, why not just know that? <laughs> oh, before we even started, like, before we even watched this movie, I already knew that I wanted to get married at uh, the Prospect Park Boathouse, and I did already know how much it costs because mm-hmm. I have looked it up before. <laughs> I just think it's a beautiful venue, and it looks like a great place to have a wedding. That's all I'm saying. As, like, she's saying this, your, your eyes are, like, <laughs> flitting back and forth. <laughs> My eyes are like glazed over and I'm sweating. <laughs> I don't even have a boyfriend. I don't know what's wrong with me. Oh my it's God. fine. Everything's fine. No, it's so fine. Um, oh. <laughs> Phil and I were, my boyfriend and I were taking a drive the other day. This was fucking months ago, but we saw a sign on the road. It was like Essex Steam Trains in Connecticut. And he was like, oh, when I was a kid, I told my mom that I was going to propose to my wife on the Essex Steam Train or Steam Steamboat. Oh I think it's a steamboat. And okay. um, get married at Lyman's Orchards in their like barn thing which he found out later was like a shit venue like he's like i'm not going to do that the orchard itself is like gorgeous but i was like you can propose to me on a steamboat like that sounds like a fun time (laughs) like a a historic steamboat on like the connecticut river Mm. yeah do you get seasick no i work on a boat which has that's true to me that i can withstand (laughs) it there you go yeah i get seasick so that simply could never be me yeah I don't, like, throw up. I just feel nauseous. And, like, I don't want to feel nauseous when I'm getting proposed to. No, that makes sense. I was thinking about... Oh, wait. I'm sidetracked. Sidetracked. Side- I'm going to cut myself <laughs> off. Um, Another wedding show that we were talking about that I've only seen, like, one episode of was Real. Disney's fairy tale Weddings. We're about to diss, like, half the population of our <laughs> listeners. Because I Disney adults need to be stopped. They need to be stopped. Need to bring back bullying. (laughs) Bring back bullying now. It's like Hillary Duff in the store, and instead of them saying that's so gay, they're like, that's so adult who loves Disney. And she's like, Hey, do you understand what you're saying when you say that? And they're like, Yes, we do. Yes, I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's for the greater good. Okay. (laughs) Oh my god. Like I like Disneyland. I love a good Disney movie. Disney World's dope. But you will never catch me getting married at Disneyland. Never. The issue is, and I was like looking up uh, Disney's fairytale weddings, and I was just like, so you're getting married next to an artificial tree that granted looks Mm -hmm. like an amazing set piece. 
but damn, bro, like you don't want to get married in like the redwood forest in California instead or like next to a real tree. Yeah. <laughs> like anything real. Like you're just like yeah. fake life for me, glaze over mm. robot husband. <laughs> Your husband, no, no, there's been a grave error. You've married an animatronic. Watch me accidentally get married to like the actor playing Flynn Rider at Disneyland instead of my own fiance. <laughs> No, no, you've you've married that Prince Charming in a costume. Stop, stop the wedding. This is all been a Mickey mistake. Mouse is just in the back with like your real fiance tied up, like dragging him down to the dungeon. You've married a holographic man. Stop. You married one of the um, what's that thing when you first go into Disneyland? It's like all the past presidents, like the animatronics. Is it? Have you seen that? No. Yeah. I've never like actually gone into the ride, but they have like all the presidents. Whoa. Are you talking about it's a small world? No, no. It's like when you first walk into Disneyland. <laughs> it's not. It's a small world. Oh, my God. Um, It's like a, a it's not a ride or anything. I think you just walk in. It has all of the past presidents of the U.S. and they're like animatronics. And when they made the Trump one, people were like, huh. This one kind of looks like Hillary Clinton. I think that they thought Hillary was going to win and made it in advance and then had to, like, judge it up to make it look like Trump. They, like, yeah, that one does not look super Trump-like. He looks, like, way more, like, wrinkly. The coloring is off and his face shape isn't, like, accurate. (laughs) Yeah. I I would believe that rumor. Anyways, we're doing the thing that we did with Camp Rock where we didn't like the movie. So we're talking <laughs> so we about, talk about anything other than anything the movie. Else. Yeah. Right. Shall we get into this? Yeah. Why don't you kick it off? All right. So <laughs> opening of the movie, we see this little box. It says wedding things on it. There are two young girls playing with wedding accessories there's cake toppers there's pieces of fabric and then we hear the voiceover of marion st Clair, who we'll meet later saying that it all started at the plaza hotel these two little girls went with their moms for tea and they saw a wedding oh my god and they'd never seen one before or heard of them never and they see this bride they're immediately entranced she drops one of her like blue hairpins and the girls keep it and thus began the obsession with weddings just two little new jersey gals they decided they wanted june weddings at the plaza so the next scene is them all grown up shocking i know who would have thought there was an opening flashback scene so uh live and emma they're the two you know, protagonists of the movie. They're at their friend's wedding and they're talking about it, talking about the food, music, all of that. And they're like all around like a good wedding, but it's no wedding of Marion St. Clair, wedding planner. It's not the plaza and it's not June. So to be clear, they are still obsessed with June weddings at the plaza. Yes. Um, Nothing has changed in the past 20 years. Nothing. So Liv and Emma's boyfriends come over. They're Daniel and Fletcher. Fletcher wants to leave early while Daniel, Liv's boyfriend, wants one more dance with Liv. But he's like, I want to leave this time. Then the bride announces that she's going to toss her bouquet 
We love just the humiliation of single women everywhere. I remember at my brother's wedding, it was time to do like the bouquet toss. Yeah. And so I go up with Nora, who was my date and our very good friend. And my cousin comes up to me and she's like, why don't you have a boyfriend? And I was like, um, you're like, I don't know. Like, what, <laughs> what am I supposed to say you to that? You spill your drink on her. <laughs> <laughs> then my sister-in-law like tosses the bouquet and it was going towards me and Nora. And we both like stepped away instinctively as to not catch it. Oh, my God. I don't know. Uh, we were just both like, absolutely not. <laughs> Not for me. Dog, this wedding in the movie, it's like, it seems like she has immediate regret of marrying this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. She is about to throw her, her bouquet and she's tipsy. And she calls out Emma for wearing the same dress that she wore to a college formal. And I'm also like, bro, what is the point of this scene to make it to make it known that Emma's like the meek one and Liv is like yeah. the more outspoken one? Because I guess. Liv stands up for her and um, then the bouquet toss happens and Liv and Emma are both trying to catch it. They are claws out, mm-hmm. ready to go. And it's a freeze frame. Another voiceover from Marion saying that she would have seen the signs if she were there. And they talk about how Emma's eyes look like a hunter. Liv's hand <laughs> looks like she's going to choke someone out. <laughs> so this is like the fucking first drops, the first like insinuation. The seed, the seedlings, The seedlings, yeah, mm-hmm. of what happens later. So next thing we know, Emma and Liv are running in the park. While Emma's running, Liv is speed walking. And I'm like, I see you. I hear you. I understand you. Liv is not into running. Emma is like, you know, people that run with iPods just can't be alone with their thoughts. And I'm like, no, Emma, people that run without iPods are psychopaths, but you do you. And then they go their separate ways to work. Yeah. We find out Liv is a lawyer at a firm and she walks into her meeting. She's talking to some big client and she's like, we're going to win this case and we're going to fucking blackmail their asses. Um, No, but she's like, we're going to be really aggressive and stuff. And then the client's like, ooh, oh, my God. You don't think that if we go into aggressive at first, we're going to fucking screw ourselves. And she's like, they won't want to settle with us when I'm done with them. And we're supposed to be like, oh, my God, power woman. You're you're Mm -hmm. messing with the big boys. The men respect you. But anyways, so they're impressed. And her boss is like, this is our best associate. So then we switch to Emma, who is a middle school teacher. Some kid in the hallway is like, oh, Miss Delgado is looking for you. And Emma is like, oh, shit, tries to hide. But Deb finds her. She's like the most obnoxious character. She's played by uh, Kristen Johnson. Fabulously. Honestly, my favorite performance in the whole movie. Yeah. Deb is like, listen, you got to help me out. I simply cannot go to the debate team state finals like all the little kids talking about their little problems you gotta do it for me and emma's like i'm already doing your late bus patrol pep squad your after school detention you're the debate team supervisor you have to do it yeah and deb says i know i do so much i wish i could just do the bare minimum i so admire you for that oh my god fucking can't stand it (laughs) Yeah. Then she's like, listen, I'll make you a deal. I'll do the debate team if you take my study hall for the rest of the year. She, just like Neil from Uptown Girls, is actually from Gaslight City. They're residents. They know each other. Yes. So Emma is clearly like quite the pushover. Doesn't really stand up for herself. They're setting up the dichotomy for the whole movie. I mean, I wish they did it in a little bit of a less obvious way, Mm -hmm. but here we are. (laughs) Here we are. 
Then we're with Liv and Emma again. Liv gives Emma a pep talk because she's ranting about, like, Miss Delgado, Deb, you know, whatever, state finals, yada, yada. (laughs) So Liv is like, you are the best teacher at that school. And then they talk about how Deb has been through multiple divorces, but they haven't even gotten proposals yet. Back at Liv's place, they're picking out outfits for Emma. Liv hands her a Dolce blouse. And she's like, oh my God, this is gorgeous. And Liv's like, oh, you should keep it. Like, I don't even wear that anymore. Price tag still on. (laughs) It's Emma's size. And she's like, bro, you clearly, like, I can't accept this. And Liv is like, no, it's all, it's all good. And I'm like, honestly, we we love to see it because the teacher salary is fucked. Oh, yeah. So Liv goes to, like, reach for a sweater on a top shelf. And then a Tiffany box falls down. Oh, my God. Dun, dun, dun. They're like, oh, my God, you're getting engaged. And Liv wants to open it. And Emma's like, absolutely not. There's like a mad chase throughout the living room. Emma like tackles her on the couch and she's like, no, he should see your face the first time you see the ring. And Liv is like, good call. You always think of others. It never occurs to me. <laughs> she literally says, I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, later on that night at the bar, they're walking in and they're like, okay. Emma's like, do not tell anyone before he actually proposes. And Liv is like... I'm not going to do it, girl. I was just thinking about it. I did it. She tells everyone. (laughs) And their side character friends are like, oh, my God. But actually, they're like, oh, my God, I'm going to kill myself. I am going to die alone. So Liv orders everyone to kill shots. And then Emma's like, oh, no, no. We find out that one time during spring break in college, while her and her boyfriend were on a break, she had too much tequila and hooked up with this random guy named Miguel. Seems like a random detail, but it's not. It'll come out later. They're like, this is a surprise tool we will use for later. Exactly. So all of Liv's friends toast to her. Then Liv's just gorgeous brother oh my god comes into the bar how do you say his name uh well this is actually the character he played in one tree hill jake jagelski okay who i loved but the actor's name is brian greenberg he actually went to the same acting program that mo and i did he went to etw Mm -hmm. etw yeah oh my god i would i would have sex with him oh i would have sex with him okay (laughs) he's so cute oh god So Liv is like, I'm engaged, motherfucker. And he's like, oh, amazing. Where's um, Daniel? Emma's like, oh, he has not proposed yet. And so her brother uh, does like a toast. And he's like, a toast to Daniel, who in his own world's just working late, but in Liv's world has just proposed. And God bless him for wanting to spend his life with my sister, which is like a cute moment. Mm -hmm. But The thing that happens next is like, this is why you have to choose between a heartwarming tale and a comedy. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden Liv's face falls and she like excuses herself and goes outside. And Nate, Liv's brother, is like, oh shit. And Emma's like, don't worry, I got it. So Emma goes outside to talk to Liv and Liv is like, oh, they didn't get to see me graduate law school or read Nate's first article in the New York magazine. Like, can't share this with them either. And Emma's like, yeah, I know. I wish that your parents could be here too. So this is how we learn that, like, their parents passed away really young. Mm -hmm. Liv is like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. And Emma's like, you don't have to have it together every minute of every day. And then Liv says, I'm a former chubby girl. I'm made of steel and Splenda. We survive. I'm like, this is such a non sequitur. Yeah. I'm like, 
either if you're going to do this storyline, like flesh it out or don't put it in yeah. there at all. I'm like, so now there's this whole, you know, Emma has this hookup. She hasn't told Fletcher about Liv's mm-hmm. parents are dead and she used to be fat. It's like so wretched. It's so wretched. Yeah. So, yeah, they have like a nice moment. She comforts her. Things seem to be fine. That's the end of that part. Um, that night, I think it's, is it that night, do you think, or do you think it's the next day? I think it's the next night. Right? Okay. Emma and Fletcher are in their apartment, and they have Chinese takeout, and they're cracking open beers and getting ready to watch American Idol, and Emma reaches for the fortune cookie, but Fletcher is like, no, 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 that's mine. Here, take this one. She's like, okay, freak. They crack open the fortune cookies and inside hers is a ring. And Fletcher is like, I wanted to do this in our home. And if we're 99 and doing exactly this in our home, that's good enough for me. And she says yes. Yeah, this is where I say my boyfriend's going to propose to me on the Essex Steamboat. So, Phil, (laughs) if you're listening to this, which I know you don't listen to my podcast, I will know. I will know when you tell me we're going to the fucking steamboat. I will wear amazing dress. Get my hair done. (laughs) See, for me, like this proposal, with the exception of the ring in the fortune cookie, because I don't like the whole like ring in food thing. Yeah, I get that. Or in a drink. Don't do that. I don't like it. But (laughs) (laughs) sorry, I'll tell you when you're done. (laughs) No, do you have to say it now? Because I won't be able to continue. (laughs) No, I just like started laughing. (laughs) Because I'm so conceited that I was like thinking about how you said you wouldn't want to be in public because you want to have like an intimate moment. And I was like, Mm -hmm. damn, I want people to clap for me. I want the (laughs) restaurant to be up in arms because I got proposed to (laughs) put the jumbotron on a bitch. That's like my nightmare. I do not want to be proposed to in public. Or like if it is in public, I don't want anybody there. But like being proposed to in my own home, most likely that I share with this person because I will probably live with them before I get married. That's like ideal. Maybe like we have like a nice dinner at home so I can like look decent. Otherwise, I would just be wearing pajamas. And then we can get engaged and then just like be in the home and then maybe go out for drinks afterwards. Mm -hmm. Then I can go out and we can be like, oh, my God. We're engaged. And I don't have to, like, have the proposal in front of people. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would necessarily want my family to be there, but I would like people to clap for me for sure. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do. I just like the thought of it. I'll clap. I'll clap for you when you get engaged. Thank you. (laughs) So after this proposal, um, Emma calls Liv to tell her that she's engaged. And they're, like, talking about, like, the color, the cut, the clarity, the carrot. They're, like, gushing. Then, like, the side character friends... Like, call each other, talk about their engagements. They're having their mental, mental breakdowns. Yeah. <laughs> is yeah on the precipice. <laughs> yeah, one of them is reaching for pills. One of them is, like, microwaving Ben and Jerry's, which I've never seen anyone do that before. Yeah. And then the one that just got married is, like, already re-gifting some ugly, like, vase that she got for her wedding. Mm-hmm. So the next day when they're on a run, Emma is, like, gushing over her engagement And she's like, I'm going to hire DJ Humble. And will you go with me to Marin St. Clair? And Liv is like, "Mm, you're already making an appointment. You just got engaged last night. She's clearly bitter as hell. And Mm. Emma's like, you have to book early if you want the plaza. Meanwhile, I'm like, June is three months away. Who gets married three months after the proposal? Nightmare. Nightmare. Bro. So (laughs) we were just like a middle school teacher and an accountant 
getting married at the plaza in this economy? No. Sure. No. You must have no debt, I suppose. So <laughs> Liv is like, oh, I'm not mad. I'm so cool. I've never been more um, chill and happy. And Liv is like, I just don't know what's taking Daniel so long to propose. And Emma's like, fuck, let's drop it. And Liv is like, no, don't worry about me. Worry about Daniel. He's going to be dead soon. <laughs> and just like run straight through Midtown, bust into his office shouts in front of his co-worker will you just marry me already and he's like ma'am can we talk about this later and she's like i saw the tiffany box in the closet right aren't we getting engaged and he's just like silent and she's like oh my god if it's a keychain i'm gonna kill myself and i'm taking you down with Bro, me i'd also kill myself it was like yeah <laughs> and she's like can you just tell me right now if like this is something you would want like do you want to get married and he is like, I have never met a more obnoxious, complicated, overbearing, gorgeous, smart, sexy woman in my life. And if you had just waited until tonight, then he pulls out the ring, then you wouldn't be the woman that I fell in love with. And he proposes with this simply gigantic ring. It's huge. It's actually a little bit disgusting how big it is. That's one of their whole things is like how gaudy the wedding is or like how mm -hmm. she uses the amount of money she has to like one up Emma's wedding and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, she says yes. They like make out while all the coworkers gawk at them. A couple days later, Liv and Emma stroll up to Marion's townhouse and they go up to the receptionist who could not give less of a fuck about how excited they are. I think you realize that this is also the assistant from yes. from 13 going on 30. And I was like, yes, she damn, when you're typecast as the receptionist. Always the receptionist. <laughs> Never the boss. Yeah, <laughs> So Marion is super commanding. She's like, sit. Before you get married, you are dead. You're dead right now. Angela will always be dead. And they talk about the plaza, the June weddings, da-da-da-da-da. And Marion is like, bitch, with anyone else, with anyone else, you could <laughs> never get the plaza in June. But I have three dates available. And Liv and Emma are like, oh, my God. Life is amazing. I've never been hurt. I'm going to pick this date and I'm going to pick this date. And they sign the paperwork. I'm like, there's no shot in hell this is going to happen. Like, this is way too easy. And then they're just like incredibly excited. And apparently, June is three months away, which is insane to me. Mm -hmm. People take so long to plan their weddings. It doesn't make any sense. People usually have plans three months away. Like, it seems so unrealistic. Yeah. Also, one thing that I never realized before. So, like, it's their lifelong dream to get married at the plaza in June. Their grooms would know this because they talk about it all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. Why did both the grooms decide to propose a mere three months away from June? Yeah, weird to me. At least give a girl nine months. I would agree. A year. Although I guess they could have just done it the next year, but... Yeah, which would make way more sense. Mm -hmm. And doesn't make any sense that she has stuff coming up in three months and then in three years. Yeah. There are holes in this movie, which would yes. be fine if it were a comedy, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So there's like a montage of them like planning the wedding and stuff. They go to look at dresses. They're at Vera Wang. Uh, Emma sees this ball gown that she immediately falls in love with, but she's like, no, 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 like I'm wearing my mom's dress. And Liv is like, are you sure? Like you should wear the dress that you want. She's like, no, I want to make my mom happy. I'm going to put it back. But if you like it, you should try it on. And she's like, 
don't make me try it on. <laughs> oh my goodness. I could never. And then, you know, tries it on and, you know, falls in love with it. Bro, don't put the, like, the dress is ammunition. It's yeah, a death sentence. Don't put the dress on. Mm-hmm. Just let it go. There's no world in which you putting that dress on ends well exactly. for your friendship. So, yeah, she puts on this dress. It's really not my style, but she does look very beautiful in it. I'm not a ball gown girl. Yeah. Doesn't really do it for me. But to each their own. The shop girl is like, oh, just be careful about any pre-wedding weight gain. You don't alter Vera to yourself. You alter yourself to fit Vera. Mm. And Liv is like, I got this. I'm a former chubby girl. That thing comes up again. And she decides to buy the dress. And then they both get a call. From Marion at the same time. Yeah. Marion is spooked and she's like, I've made a grave error. You are double booked. Your weddings are on the same day. I accidentally gave the later date to another bride. And the girls are freaking out. Emma's about to cry. The next available date is June 15th, three years from now. I'm like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Liv is like, you know what? I will negotiate. I will make the other bride switch her date. And she's like, we have a confidentiality agreement with all of our brides because this is a business. (laughs) This is literally a business. Stop. And before she can say anything else, the receptionist is leaving. She like tells Marion this over, um, I don't know what that's called, intercom. The intercom. Yeah. And when Marion looks up, the girls have gone. They are confronting this receptionist who just got fired. (laughs) And they're like, you fucking, you better fucking tell me where this woman is, which all seems like a comedic bit to me. But where's the follow through? Where's the follow through? So the girls stalk this other bride while she's registering at Bloomingdale's. They ask her to change her date. She says no. They try to talk numbers. And the bride is like, you can't buy me. Honestly, I probably would have switched my dates for free, but I especially would have switched my date if someone was offering me money. Yeah. Because weddings are so fucking expensive and someone was going to help lighten the load when I'm getting married at the plaza. Hell fucking yes, dude. Mm -hmm. It's like a two week difference. Yes, I will switch with you. Yeah, 100%. No brainer. But I guess if that happened, we wouldn't have a movie. So anyways, they try and threaten her. A chase ensues and they get kicked out of Bloomingdale's. I love how we're like, anyways, they try to threaten her, of course. It's the next step. (laughs) Of course. So they walk out of Bloomingdale's arm and arm and they're like, so I guess, you know, one of us is just going to have to change our date. And Emma's like, "Mm, probably not the one of us who has been saving for a decade because she makes zero dollars. And Liv is like, "Mm, true, but it's the I'm desperate to get married at the plaza because it represents the only happy memories of my childhood for me. And then so (laughs) mm, so they're like, yeah, let's just not do anything until one of us decides to move our date. So at Liv's apartment. Liv is talking to Nate and Daniel about how, like, Emma hasn't called her yet to switch her date. And then Nate says something about how, like, Emma doesn't seem like she's going to flinch. And Liv is like, are you talking to her? And he's like, Fletch is doing my taxes. And Liv is like, you cannot get all buddy-buddy with him right now. He's the enemy. Have Daniel do your taxes. And Daniel's like, I run a hedge fund, (laughs) ma'am. I can't. I don't know tax prep. So then Nate suggests that they do a double wedding gross and Liv is like what are we 41 year old twin sisters it's not good awful so when nate comes over he and fletcher suggest a joint wedding to emma 
And Emma says she wants the day to be about herself just once. It's her dream to get married there, too. She's like, can anyone respect me, please? And they're like, that's a hard no. Literally. And Fletcher's like, but you're the Paula on American Idol. You compliment everyone. You're the nice one. And Emma's like, no one listens to Paula. And I'm like, this is a red flag, bro. Yeah. Fletcher sucks. I don't find him endearing. I don't find him no. funny. I don't find I no. don't see what like why would I like this man? One thing that shocked me when we were reading like that interview with the writers, yeah. they talked about how like test audiences liked his character too much to see him as like the undesirable one. And I was like, what? He's the worst. He like, sucks. I don't like anything about him. I don't understand people. I wonder how old their test audience was because maybe that had something to do with it. But I don't see what the appeal is. I also just don't really like Chris Pratt. So that probably adds to it, too. Mm-hmm. So the next scene, Liv and Daniel are doing their save the dates. Daniel's being super unhelpful, talking about how they need to, like, actually figure out what their wedding day is. Daniel gets a phone call from Fletcher, and Fletcher's like, oh, any progress on your end? And he's like, Liv isn't going to flinch. They talk about how weddings make girls crazy. (sighs) So then Emma comes home. She's, like, really annoyed because she had to do Deb's pep squad. But she tells Fletcher that she's decided she's going to call Liv, and she's going to change her date. And Fletch is like, yeah, totally. That's great. You should call her. She's on her cell right now. Her and Daniel are just doing their save the dates. Like a fucking idiot. Bro, another reason why you should know you should not marry this man. Yeah. Emma is like, excuse me? Excuse me? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) She is so fucking pissed. That Liv decided to, which I don't even know if she was going to buy the Save the Dates or if she was looking at Save the Dates. Was she going to buy them before her on purpose? I don't know. It's unclear. Yeah, it's kind of unclear. So Emma just pops off like this is where the movie starts to get spicy because she sends this tacky email, all caps, and she's like, not this time. She's just like, June 6th at the Plaza save the date riddled with spelling errors smiley face yeah. like exclamation point exclamation point one exclamation point one 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 <laughs> then there's a montage of friends getting the horrible email yeah emma's real manic right now she's not having a good time or maybe she is yeah maybe <laughs> The next scene is the bridal shower. Liv is, like, chatting with her friends about, like, the whole drama with the date and stuff. And they mention Emma's very tacky save the date email. And Liv is like, excuse me? Literally. And then Emma walks in. Liv calls over to her and she's like, you sent out your save the dates? So one of us is not moving her date? And Emma, like, actually stands up for herself. They get into this fight. Liv is throwing out insults. She calls her spineless. She says that she settles in life. And Emma's like, oh, you think I'm settling with Fletcher? And she's like, I didn't say Fletcher. You came up with that one on your own. I'm like, damn, she right, though. Yeah. So they're just going at each other. And then Emma's like, you know what? It's done. You lose. And then Liv threatens her wedding. She's like, your wedding better watch it. (laughs) Your wedding should be very scared right now. And then Emma, like, trips over her words. But as, like, Liv is walking out, she's like, Liv. Your wedding is going to be huge, just like your ass at prom. And it's like, friendship over. Mm-hmm. Fighting begins. Yeah. Now we're getting into it. There's a montage of invites going out. 
the girls booking their venues at the plaza, handing over checks. Um, Marion says they both need to find new maids of honor, ASAP Rocky, but none of their friends will take sides. So they're both scraping the bottom of the barrel, trying to find maids of honor, but nothing is panning out. Liv is, like, forcing her assistant to be her maid of honor, and Emma ends up having to beg Deb, the grotesque teacher. So at Marion's, Emma's meeting with her to go over details. Deb is sampling wine, and she's like, hey, have you heard of Peanut Grigio? It's real classy. And Marion's like, okay, anyways, um, <laughs> Emma, DJ Humble is not available anymore on your date, even though apparently they had like a verbal agreement, but another bride outbid her. It's implied that it was Liv. Mm-hmm. She walks away and Emma's like stressing out. And then Deb is like, oh, you know what you should do? She's wearing a Vera Wang, right? Like those run really tight. You should fatten her up so she can't fit into her Vera anymore. <laughs> And once again, we get this weird storyline. <laughs> the insidiousness. Yeah. Yeah. Cut to Liv's meeting with Marianne. She's trying different cake samples. And she's like, has Emma chosen her cake yet? And Marianne's like, mind your business. And Liv <laughs> is like, okay, well, I want a seven-layer white chocolate drizzle top, bibbidi-boopity. Mars pan, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And Marianne's like, hmm. Uh, well, you're probably safe then because Emma opted for a less extravagant cake because she doesn't need to impress people with how much she can spend. Oof. Yeah. You burnt. <laughs> you, you burnt. You need a, you need a fire <laughs> extinguisher for that. Um, cut that out. <laughs> um, Liv is stressed because she's like, Emma is Marion's favorite. So she spots Emma's wedding book on the shelf. And looks through it, and she's like, oh, they're doing dancing lessons? So Liv is in her office. She has, like, bought a treadmill to work out on at work, and she's like, they're doing dance lessons. Like, I need to step up my game. She mocks their video montage, and I agree. I don't like video montages at weddings. I just, I, it's not my thing. It's not really great, no. Liv then gets, like, a chocolate delivery, and she's like, oh, my God, Daniel's so sweet. The delivery guy goes downstairs and you realize that it was Emma who paid the dude to deliver the chocolate. And she's like, you know what? If you heard the whole story, you'd totally be on my side. He's like, I literally don't care. Just give me my money, please. So back upstairs in the office, Kevin, Liv's assistant slash maid of honor, is like, you know, if you really want to mess with Emma's dance, there are ways. So Emma and Fletcher go to this dance studio and they're waiting for class to start when Ricky Koo, doctor of dance, pops in. And I can't remember who this actor is, but he has a scary face. And <laughs> I don't know his name, but I've seen him in other stuff yeah. before. <laughs> so they do this crazy dance class. Chris Pratt is like doing the worm and it's very physical. So by the time it's done, Fletcher and Emma are exhausted and they lie on the ground when the real dance instructor pops up and it turns out Liv sabotaged them and told the instructor that they were going to be like an hour late or something like that. Yeah. So Fletcher's like, I'm not surprised. Liv has finally gone crazy. And he's like, I feel bad for Daniel because he's not going to be able to control his own wife. Electric chair, electric chair, send him to the electric chair. Emma's like, excuse me? And he's like, uh, uh, boo, 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 I'm just a baby. 
He's a baby. I hate him. <laughs> okay, so then we hear another voiceover from Marion. I hate these voiceovers. Oh, I, I think, think they're, they're so, cheesy. so cheesy. Yeah, it just doesn't help the movie. It's not good. No. I'm like, we know what's going on. Like, you don't need to spoon feed me like yeah. I'm a baby. I feel like this whole movie like waterboarded me with the plot. <laughs> Literally. So Marion's like, the month before the wedding is a litmus test for couples to see how they work together and communicate. And it's where either the conflicts are brought to the surface or the couple grows stronger. And we see, like, pictures of Liv and Daniel being all cute and happy. And then, like, pictures of Fletcher and Emma being unhappy and not looking at each other. And you're like, I wonder what's going to happen at the end of the movie. I couldn't possibly tell from this painfully obvious image that you're shoving in my face. Beautifully sad. Beautifully sad. <laughs> We see a scene of Liv just strutting into her office like a little itsy-bitsy girl boss, grabbing her (laughs) jolly walrus cookie bouquet. Oh, my God. It's like the high point of the movie for me. It looks so freaking delicious. The cookies look soft, you know? It's like a huge, soft cookie. If someone sent me that, I would marry them on the spot. Bro. That's that's the one time I will accept the ring in the food if it's, if it's in, in a, a jolly roll. Well, they don't even have to put it in the food. They could put it on a lollipop. Yeah. And it won't be in I'll it. You're it. just like, oh, my God, the ring. For me. You're, like, chomping on the cookie. You're like, nom, 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 nom. Nom, nom, nom. A diamond. Yeah. Nom, nom, nom. What? <laughs> um, so Kevin is like, be careful with that Jolly Walrus cookie bouquet because you have to fit into a wedding dress and live is like – Potato, potato. And she gets an envelope from her hometown. It's weird. It's unmarked. Just kidding. (laughs) But they printed her engagement. And they printed Emma's too. But Liv's picture looks just like a garbage fire. It's pretty horrible. And Emma looks gorgeous in hers. And she's like, all right. All right. If you want to play dirty, we can do that. So then we get just like a bunch of sabotage. Liv like plants the seeds in the side character friends that Emma is pregnant. Mm -hmm. Liv is then trying on her wedding dress, but it doesn't fit because she gained five pounds. And she's like screaming in the apartment. And Daniel's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I gained five pounds. And he's like, so what? It's not the end of the world. And she's like, you need to stop sending me treats. And he's like, what are you talking about? And she's like, the Truffleopolis? The Jolly Walrus cookie bouquet? international butter club and then she realizes it has been emma all along and daniel's like you've been sitting around eating sticks of butter from different lands and when i watched this it was the day after at work when i ate a packet of butter (laughs) so okay i ordered pancakes to my workplace because i was working like all day from morning to night as anyone normal would do yeah so i saved the pancakes to eat for later and it came with like those little butter packets, but it wasn't like the regular butter. It was whipped butter. Mm-hmm. It was like really nice. I used one of them on my pancakes. I had one left and I was like, well, I'm not going to take it home. I'm not going to throw it away. So I just ate some butter and you know what? It was delicious and I don't feel any shame about it. So amazing. I understand. I think I would be a member of the International Butter Club. I think you would enjoy it. I just don't eat a lot of dairy because I'm very lactose intolerant. Mm-hmm. In some circles, I'm considered a vegan, but I am not as strict anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, more sabotage. Liv switches Emma's fake tan color from bit of honey. Oh, sorry. 
You came in so hot, too. I thought I, like, heard something. I was like, is someone peeing? It sounds like someone's peeing or something. But then it stopped, like, immediately. Anyways, okay. Lives, which is Emma's fake tan color from a bit of honey to blood orange at Tanhattan. Oh, God. Uh, oh, I was going to say with the same intensity, just, like, run through the list. And I was like, girl looks like a new Balupa. Emma swaps lips highlight color from blonde to blue. My hair is blue Lamau. <laughs> this is what our notes look like, yeah. just so everyone knows. Then Liv finds footage from their wild spring break and adds it to Emma's video montage, which I'm like, what the fuck? This is from like... You can't do that? Yeah, this is from when she like hooked up with that guy during the break that she had with Fletcher. And I'm like, at this point, you're just being a horrible person. You're like, what if they didn't get married at all? Yeah. You're like, are you trying to ruin the wedding or a marriage? Because yikes. 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 Spikes. Emma comes home, and her house is full of baby gifts. Apparently, Liv registered them at Babies R Us, and Fletcher is pissed again. Then, out of nowhere, Emma gets a call from one of their friends. So, the side character friends are at a strip club. One of them, like, told Emma that's where they were going that night, and it's a bachelorette party for Liv. So, Emma is, like, sitting at the bar, lying in wait. The DJ is like, oh, we have a bride-to-be in the house. They bring Liv up to the stage. She gets, like, frisked by, a, like, a stripper dressed as a cop. Defund the police. Emma then gets up and she yells, like, there's two brides in the house tonight. And then she gets invited on stage, too. Emma's, like, wearing booty shorts. She has, like, a black button-down. She has a fedora for some reason. It's kind of a She wild. looks good, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much <laughs> an early 2000s yes. look. Even though it's 2009. We have to let it slide. We let it go. (laughs) Liv is pissed. They both end up on stage having a dance off. And Emma is like popping her butt. She's like doing a lot of moves. She's honestly like, it looks like she was like a level two hip hop girl or something (laughs) like that. Like it's not great dancing, but it's. It's, like, very good for two girls just going up on stage and having a dance-off, you know? Liv is, like, not even on the radar. Like, Emma steals the stage. Um, She uses her Ricky Koo Doctor of Dance moves. (laughs) And the DJ is like, all right, all right, all right. Sexiest bride wins. And they handcuff Emma and Liv together. But Emma (laughs) is, like, on one. Emma, like, could be on ecstasy. (laughs) I really don't know. Not ecstasy, just cocaine. She could be on cocaine right now. She breaks the handcuffs off and dances on stage and then swings on the rope swing that's on stage. And Liv just, like, fades into the background feeling like shit. She doesn't like losing. Yeah. And she feels outshined at her own bachelorette party. Yeah, so she decides to drink to forget and then in the morning, she is, like, extremely hungover, late for her meeting with the very important client, and races to the office. She gets the office and remembers that her hair is still blue from the sabotage. Mm-hmm. And she was supposed to get it redyed that morning, but obviously slept through the appointment. So she decides that the only way to fix this is to tie her blouse into, like, a turban on her head and then go commando under her blazer. So she's just wearing, like, a bra in a blazer what put it in a bun like what are you do- you know what looks more unprofessional than blue hair wearing your not bra wearing a shirt to work yeah <laughs> yeah 
so she's like looking for some files and then the shirt turban keeps falling down so she like tears it off and they're all like oh my god she has blue hair she has a full breakdown she's like my hair is blue and my wedding is in a week and i'm paying my maid of honor her hair starts like literally falling out she's crying it's like a rough one to watch yeah the client is really pissed he's like this is who's representing us and then the boss takes her off the case yikes Later on that night, Liv is crying in bed and she's like, I'm not the type of girl that screws up. I feel so alone. And her fiance is like, hello, I am right here. Um, yeah. But it's clear it's more about Emma being out of her life and she misses her friend. So Liv is like, I'm mad at Emma. Oh, I think it's so dumb. She's like, girlfriends don't go for the hair. What? The, Stupid. Such a bad line. Daniel is like, I'm into it. You're like a tall, hot Smurf. Daniel's a good boy. He deserves a cookie mm-hmm. or a star sticker. Yeah. Liv is like, it's more than the hair. Maybe she's right. It's exhausting having to be perfect all the time. I'm like, you're just so abrasive. Like this whole, everything that's revealed to me is abrasive. Yeah. Nothing is natural. Um, and Daniel's like, life isn't perfect. It's messy. And you don't have to be perfect. And we're supposed to be like, oh, my God. But I do like Daniel. I like that actor yeah. in any boyfriend role. I think he's very endearing. I don't know if I've really seen him in anything else. Isn't he the one in Shameless? Oh, I haven't seen Shameless. Okay. Yeah. Probably. So at Emma and Fletcher's apartment, Emma's skin is almost back to normal. She's, like, talking to Fletcher. She's just, like, reliving the glory of the bachelorette party night, how amazing it felt to be on stage. And Fletcher's like, enough, enough. Like, you've been acting so wild lately. Knock it off. He's like, you've been mad and tense and excited. And I don't know how to deal with it. And she's like, okay, well, it's possible that in the next 40 years, I'm going to be mad or tense or excited. And he basically, like, tells her that she's being a bitch. Yeah, so weird. Literally fuck him. And then she's like, oh, are you mad because I have feelings? And then they get into a fight about, like, how she's been acting differently, a.k.a. like a human. And then he's like, I don't want to talk about it. And then walks out. And I'm like, you are a man, baby. And I hate you. And I pity whoever has to spend 40 years and wake up to you every single day for the rest of their life. Yeah. Like I've said, nothing is endearing about this character. No. So obviously the next step is to soak in a bath of lemons. (laughs) That's what Emma does. Liv gets her hair dyed back. The next scene is Liv um, in the park. She sees Emma running in front of her and tries to call out to her. But Emma has an iPod and she can't hear her calling. The next scene, Emma tries to call Liv, but Kevin picks up and there's construction going on in the office. So he tells her that they're dealing with a crisis and he hangs up and Emma's like, oh, she doesn't want to talk to me. There's a lot of missed connections here. Yeah. So Emma then runs into cutie, cute, cute Nate on the street. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. They catch up for a little bit. He's like, I have to go rent a tux. You're coming with me. They go. He asks her how she's doing and she's like, I'm fine. And he's like, "Mm mm-hmm, you're fine. Tell me how you really feel. And she's like, okay, yeah, like things are crazy. Just none of this is going how I thought it would. And I don't know why. She's like very emotional. Then she helps Nate tie his bow tie. The chemistry is, like, clearly there. He's also the only person that has asked her how she's doing this whole movie. Unlike her shitty fiancé. They're, like, looking into each other's eyes. 
it's clear the attraction is there and he's like let me buy you a cup of coffee she's like no 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 i gotta go and she's like you're gonna make a very handsome bride giver aware and he's like you're gonna make a beautiful bride i always thought so damn like, mm. he's like i always i always thought so always <laughs> and that is when i would dump my shitty fiance and run away with nate yeah for real so that night emma lies in bed awake and she's like Looking at Fletcher. Oof. Run. Run. Get out now. Next morning, it's June 6th. The date they've waited their whole lives for. It's Mm. the June wedding at the plaza. I'm not going to say the voiceover line because I hate it. (laughs) It was the perfect day for a wedding. Gag me. I hate it. (laughs) Let's go. Let's get her done. People are running around making sure everything goes perfectly. And Liv is in her wedding dress. Emma is in her wedding dress. Marion is like, Liv, you are the most beautiful bride I've ever seen. Why is the Manelli? Big, big bitch. And then Emma is like in her dressing room fixing her veil. And Deb is like, are you sure it's supposed to look like that? There's so much pressure on brides to look perfect on their wedding day. Like, you don't have to be your most beautiful on your wedding day. And if you want my opinion. And Emma's like, you know what? No, I, I don't want your opinion. She finally stands up to her and she's like, it's not always about me, but today it is. And if you don't want to deal with that, then you should just leave. And then Deb is like, oh, shit, and falls in line. Almost a little too easily. It's just like horrid character. The last scene of the movie, nice character. But either way, in the hallway, Liv's brother runs into Emma's father. And he's like, it's okay if I could just have a word with Liv. And Liv is beyond excited to see him. He tells her that her parents would be so proud and that he wants to just pass on a blessing from his generation and his dear friends. And it's actually a really nice moment. It's probably my mm-hmm. my favorite scene of the whole film. Yeah. Then Kevin offers Liv a nip of tequila. And she's like, fuck tequila. I switched the wedding montage DVDs and you have to switch them back. And he doesn't. He throws it in a bush. And he's like, yeah. you will thank me later. Absolutely not. So meanwhile, Emma's parents go into her dressing room. Her mom sees that Emma's wearing her dress. And she's like, oh, my God. And Emma's like, are you happy? And she's like, I mean, I'm happy if you're happy. You could wear a paper bag for all I care. And you're just like, oh, no, Emma. See, this is what happens yeah. when you people please. Yeah. Should have bought the Vera Wang that you wanted. Mm. Although probably not because that shit is expensive. For real. So Emma's dad comes over and he's like, I brought you something. It's the wedding box from the beginning with all like her and Liv's stuff. And then Emma's like, I really need to see her. And her dad is like, I think she feels the same way. She starts to get up to go and see her. But Marion's like, it's time. Everyone get to your places. So Liv gets ready to walk down the aisle. And as does Emma, as they're both about to walk down the aisle, they spot each other from across the hall. Why do the weddings have to be at the same time? I do not know. The ceremony is like an hour, not even. Mm -hmm. But okay. Stagger that shit. Literally. What? So Emma goes in and as she walks down the aisle, the video begins to play. Shocked that they would do that at the plaza. I feel like it's a little corny. Yeah. I also don't like the decor in either of their halls. I like the one in Liv. Wait, whatever one is less, like, has this, like, weird oriental theme to it. The one that's not that. Emma's has, like, the ropes. I Oh, I didn't like that. ropes. I did not like that, yeah. I hated that. And Liv's is just, like, a little too gaudy for my taste. Mm. It was, like, gold and red, right? It's gold and white, I think. Oh, And then Emma's is, like, red. Maybe it was Emma's. I don't know. I didn't like either of them. Yeah, yeah. So 
the video starts to play and it's obviously Emma in Mexico flirting with Miguel and Emma screams. She walks out of her wedding and into Liv's wedding and tackles her to the ground. They fight in their gowns. Emma stops fighting and she's like, I can't do this anymore. And Liv stops too. Yeah, so they set up to see that everyone is staring at them, including Fletcher and Emma's parents who are at the door. Emma then gets up and walks over to Fletcher and he's like, you just ruined our wedding. Like, are you happy now? Shut up. You're, he's like, you're not going to be friends with Liv anymore. She's clearly a bad influence on you. Just like being the fucking worst. And then Emma's like, yeah, good. I hope that I'm like her. You fell in love with a girl that you met 10 years ago and I'm not that girl anymore. And I don't want to spend the rest of my life fighting. Like, you must know that. And he's like, I do know that. They say goodbye. She gives him back the ring. He walks out. Liv goes up to her and she's like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Like, the video was never supposed to happen. Like, I thought I canceled it. They apologize to each other. Liv starts crying and she's like, this is just something I do now. I just cry Uh, all the time. It's like a whole new me. We get it. We get it. Uh, And she's like, you know, I don't have to have it figured out all the time. I'm kind of stumbling around, but I'm awake. And then she asks Emma to stand up at the altar with her. Emma gives Liv like the blue hairpin from 20 years ago and walks her down the aisle. Damn, this movie is corny. The Mm -hmm. lines are corny. I'm stumbling around, but I'm awake. Uh, At the reception, it does kind of look fun. Everyone's having a good mm -hmm. time. Nate asks Emma to dance, and Liv immediately wants to get involved. But Daniel is just like, you need to let this happen naturally. (laughs) And we get the final Marianne voiceover that we've been waiting for the whole movie. um, That won't won't tell us anything new, but just reaffirm ideas to make sure we understand them. Yeah. Sometimes in life, there really are bonds formed that can't be broken. Sometimes you really can find that person who stands by you no matter what. Sometimes you'll find it in a spouse and celebrate it with your dream wedding. But there's also a chance that the one person you can count on for a lifetime, the one person who knows you sometimes better than you know yourself, is the same person who's been standing beside you all along. Boo. Boo. Fuck, it's so cheesy. Like, yeah, whatever, whatever. Can't do anything about it. (laughs) So the last scene that we get, it's a year later. Emma and Liv are having tea at the plaza. Emma just got back from, I assume, her honeymoon. I guess they just say vacation, but I'm not I'm not sure at all. She has a huge wedding band on, by the way. Yeah, she married Nate. That's what we find out. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and then Liv is like, oh, should we toast to marriage? And Emma's like, actually, I'm not drinking. And Liv is like, neither am I. And then they're like, oh, my God, are you are you pregnant? I'm pregnant. Oh, my God, when are you due? When are you due? March 3rd. <gasps> and that's the end. And when I saw this with my brother, <laughs> when it ended, he was like, movie two, baby wars. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to jump out the window. I, like, just don't understand getting pregnant right after you get married. Like, let me at least Mm -hmm. just hang out with my person for a couple years before we do any of this shit. Yeah, before we completely change our lives forever. Yeah. Yeah, so that's Bride Wars. That's it. Um, (laughs) It's not a good one. It's a bad one. We done done two bad movies in a row. (laughs) So what are we doing next? 
Um, sisterhood. Yeah. We can keep this in here if we want to give the people a little sneak preview. Yeah. Sneak peek. Next week is Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. Yeah. It's a good time. I love Sisterhood, so I can't imagine it letting me down. If it did, I'll just feel mm. like crap. So yeah. dismayed. I don't think it will. It'll definitely be better than this yeah. and Camp Rock for sure. Yeah. What do I have to say? Final thoughts. Yeah, I guess I just, it was just such a mediocre movie. It's the lack of nuance for me. Yeah, it's the lack of good writing for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely nuance. I just feel like also none of the lines, because they were also corny. And I guess the lack of nuance is like plays into the poor writing. Because it's just Mm -hmm. like, here's a hammer. Here's your head. Let me get get me let me get all the points that I'm trying to make in there. Yeah. I just I hate it when movies treat you like you're an idiot. And this movie does that heavily. Mm -hmm. And it's just not very funny. It's not funny at all. What a letdown. It's sad because it doesn't even fail spectacularly. It's just sad. Yeah, it's not even like I don't even know what to compare it to. The room. It's not like like the the room. Where it's like, this is fucking crazy. It's so bad. And we're just going to like watch it and laugh. Just kind of like, well, here we are. Yeah. So what do you rate it? Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let me see. Well, what did I give Camp Rock? A two? Yo, after talking about this, maybe it's just the fact that we like went in on it so hard. I'm like ready to to give it like a one. (laughs) I don't know if it's a one. No, you're right. What were we saying when we were talking before? Maybe like a 3.5? I think we were saying like a three or a four. I think a four is what we said. All right. What do we give Camp Rock? I gave it a two. I don't know. I don't remember what we gave it overall, though. Damn. Because maybe you gave High School Musical 2 a four. No way. I like it so. I like High School Musical so much more than this. Apologies to High School Musical. We should have given you a much higher rating. You know what, High School Musical? We should have done you after we did like a dirt shit movie. Then I would have understood the complexities of a four versus a five. Because this is like not good. Like I don't want to watch it again ever. So I would. I would have to give it a three, probably. Yeah, we can give it a three. Yeah. Because at least the acting was better than Camp Rock. Yeah, that's true. The only thing about Camp Rock that beats this movie is, like, I actually like to make fun of Camp Rock. And sometimes Mm -hmm. listen to the soundtrack in, like, a more fun and not taking it serious type of way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, We'll give this one a three. Yeah, we'll give (laughs) it a three out of ten. Three out of ten. How to subtract points for brain damage. Yeah. Question. Did this score higher than Uptown Girls on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I don't know. Let's see. Because if it did, I'm going to I'm gonna sue. I'm going to throw hands. No, this got an 11. Good. Good. But that's only 3% less than Uptown Girls. Anyways, well, um, this has been a rough one for me. Yeah. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I mean, I had fun making fun of it. Me too. At least. Yeah, I had a good time with you. I just need to go drink now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm going to make myself a gin and soda as soon as I get out of my closet. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, you can, you know the drill. Rate, review, subscribe. Leave us a little written review on Apple Podcasts. We'll give you a shout out in the next episode. Please rate, review, subscribe. We would love that. We would love that. We would love. (laughs) Paolo. Paolo, we would love. (laughs) Isabella. Way, way freaky. Lisi, who are you going to believe? (laughs) 
this boy you were just meeting or this oh this boy you've known your whole oh i'm just doing a russian accent this boy you well that's what she does this boy you are knowing your whole life or this boy who says you shine like the light of its of a sun oh my god we're just referencing all our past episodes in this one <laughs> um better days better days yeah, so real. yeah follow us on instagram it's movies that raise us follow us on twitter it's mtru underscore pod dm us let yeah. us know your movie recommendations have a great wednesday or whatever day you're listening to this on hell yeah thank you for listening to movies that raised us we are mo and christina and our theme song is by garrett schmidt bye